Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Speech Analysis on the Public Speakers Podcast. Uh, today's speech analysis is going to be called A Bird Made of Birds by Sarah Kay. Um, now, this speech is short, but this speech is a pretty fantastic speech. I would definitely recommend watching it if you have a chance to watch it, um, whether it's my review on it on YouTube or just the speech itself. It's a very poetic speech. Um, there is a large use of metaphors that um, are introspective and analyze the individual person, Sarah's relationship to sort of the universe uh, and life and beauty, and then the universe's relationship to her from a, a, a dichotomy. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a dichotomy of perspectives from one going to the other and the other going to the other. And it's very unique in that there are small intersections within that dichotomy in which there's kind of beauty, um, where there's a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of fear, a sense of scariness, but nonetheless still a sense of redemption and, and positivity and, and optimism. And it's a little bit hard to describe um, given that it is poetic, so it can be taken in so many different ways. But the way I saw it was Sarah trying to grapple with um, some unique parts of, of her own life uh, and trying to explain it through the lens of how things happen for maybe no reason, but they are still so perfect in how they happen and what could be the potential reason for this. Um, so from a public speaking perspective, I thought the poetry delivery was amazing. The use of pauses was great. The use of pacing was great. The energy and passion in her voice in between the pauses was fantastic. You could really tell that she was struggling with this question. The storytelling aspect got the audience hooked in the beginning. Um, so there's a lot of good public speaking takeaways in it, and I think I pointed out in the speech analysis, but the general story of it is also just a fantastic story. So um, the content is really good. The speaking is really good. I hope you'll enjoy it. Let's get into the talk. I have a friend named Kava Akbar, who's a fellow poet. And Kava found this photo online of the anatomical heart of a blue whale that scientists had hung on a hook from the ceiling, which is how they were able to observe that the heart of a blue whale is big enough that a person can stand up fully inside of it. And when Kava shared this photo online, he did so with the caption, this is another reminder that the universe has already written the poem you were planning on writing. I want okay, so let's talk about that introduction. Sorry, just getting the focus right. Um, so I think this introduction was pretty good for a couple reasons. One, it had two elements to it. First was the personal experience, and second was this like amazing statistic about um, whales. So I think combining this, uh, the personal experience with that statistic sort of created a strong way to get the audience's attention. Um, and what was important about the personal experience was there was like an introduction of this friend, then it went into what happened, an explanation of the, the stat or like the really cool fact that she brought up. And then it completed the personal experience by saying, this is what they posted online. So the entire element of that already has two things, which is an interesting factor statistic and a personal experience. But on a third level, which is kind of like underlying the foundation of those two things is a story. Um, because there's an introduction of a character who does something and then the solution, the conclusion to that story is the posting of that information online that um, the rest of the world gets to like get access to. So I think this was a this was a 50 second introduction, but there was a lot of stuff mixed into that one thing that was said, um, which is a really interesting way to begin the the entire public speech. And this is a sport, short speech. It's, it's only like a five minute speech. So I'm assuming she's gonna have to maintain their attention, maintain the audience's attention for a short amount of time. 
And one good way to really do that is have a good introduction and a good hook. When I first saw that, I was horrified. I was like, come on, man. I'm trying to invent new metaphors. I'm trying to discover beauty that hasn't been discovered yet. What do you mean the universe is always going to get there before me? And I know this isn't a uniquely poet problem, but on days when the world feels especially big or especially impossible or especially full of grandeur, those are the days when I feel what do I possibly have to contribute to all of this? Not long ago, I saw this video that some of you may have seen. It makes the internet rounds every couple of months. There are these birds that are called starlings, and they fly in what's called a murmuration, which is generally just a big cloud of birds. And someone happened to catch a quick video on their phone of these starlings flying. And at first, it's just an amorphous blob. And then there's a moment where the birds shift and they form the shape of a starling in the sky. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, the universe has already written the poem you were planning on writing. Okay, so a couple things I want to talk about um, that Sarah is doing a good job uh, here. So the first thing is the introduction of a problem. Um, so we've talked about it before on this channel, but when you are giving a public speech uh, and you're doing the art of storytelling in general, you usually need a problem. You need something that people feel, um, that something that people feel, in this case people as your audience, uh, needs a solution, right? There needs to be something to resolve the problem that is currently happening. And when you can have a, a problem, that means you're more likely to gain your audience's attention because now you can find a solution to that problem. And even if you don't find a solution, your audience needs closure. They want to know what happens at the end. So in this case, the problem that Sarah is isolating is that um, she, th this like feeling of despair, that like what more do I have to contribute to the world if the world has already written um, everything for us it, it, through the use of, of poetry or just like, through whatever manifestation the world has already decided things to become. It's sort of like a conflict between um, my free will as an individual to do something, to discover new things, to, to be individualistic, to have a new sense of identity, with the conflict of determinism, which is that everything in the world is already determined for you, so anything you're doing really isn't um, an action of your own free will. It's already been planned. It's already written in destiny. That can be really demobilizing for a lot of people, right? Because they can feel as if the entire world um, they, they don't have anything to contribute to the world because nothing is worth fighting for or contributing. So that's the first part of the problem. So I know this is a short speech, but quickly in those you know 20 seconds, she's described a problem and now the audience is subliminally probably wondering what is the solution to this problem? How can we um, change uh, and get closure from the fact that you have this feeling of despair? And then after that, she's introduced a metaphor via an experience about these birds and a murmuration and how they literally formed to be a starling in the, scar, in, the star, in the sky, which is like an amazing sort of beautiful thing to see, but that sort of reinforces the entire notion of what Sarah is originally scared about, which is that everything in the universe is so perfectly constructed that it's already done for her. So now we'll see where this speech goes and how she assumed, how she hopefully tends to solve this problem or find meaning and purpose even in uh, the face of the universe already having decided everything for her. Except for the first time, it didn't fill me with despair. 
Instead, I thought, okay, maybe it's not my job to invent something new. Maybe instead it's my job to listen to what the universe is showing me and to keep myself open to what the universe offers so that when it's my turn, I can hold something to the light just for a moment, just for as long as I have. The universe has already written the poem that you were planning on writing. And this is why you can do nothing but point at the flock of starlings whose bodies rise and fall in inherited choreography, swarming the sky in a sweeping curtain that for one blistering moment forms the unmistakable shape of a giant bird flapping against the sky. It is why your mouth forms an oh that is not a gasp, but rather the beginning of oh, of course, as in of course, the heart of a blue whale is as large as a house with chambers tall enough to fit a person standing. Of course, a fig becomes possible when a lady wasp lays her eggs inside a flower, dies and decomposes. The fruit evidence of her transformation. Sometimes the poem is so bright your silly language will not stick to it. Sometimes the poem is so true, nobody will believe you. I am a bird made of birds. This blue heart, a house you can stand up inside of. I am dying here inside this flower. It is okay. It is what I was put here to do. Take this fruit. It is what I have to offer. It may not be first or ever best, but it is the only way to be sure that I lived it all. Okay, that is a um, remarkable final two minutes um so i didn't pause during that because i was kind of just like in the moment <laughs> i was kind of just feeling it um that was a pretty cool ending so i think the the solution to the problem which was this feeling of despair of not knowing like what your meaning or purpose is if the universe has written everything for you becomes an, an acceptance of the inevitable of the inevitability of the universe already writing that for you um and i think that's an in important thing to analyze when we're talking about um, this public speech. So one of the th key takeaways I think you can take away from this when you're trying to deliver your own public speech is like one way to solve a problem, which is like something that you have to do when you're doing storytelling. And even if you don't solve it, right, get, again, giving closure to an audience is by accepting that the problem is okay. Um, because a lot of problems can't be solved, right? And that's kind of just like the nature of life and existence. There is not the ability to solve all the things that we want to solve, but there is the ability to potentially um, accept the problem and try to, I guess, look at the bright side or look at why that problem exists and feel 
as if that problem is okay. So in this case, she's kind of accepting that, yes, maybe the universe has already written everything for me, but there is a reason for that. And the larger reason, which is really where she starts to get poetic, is because you are part of the universe, or at least that's what I took away from that. And the fact that we live and the fact that we die, that's already been written into the universe, even though we're really afraid to die, but it is something that we can't be afraid of or shouldn't be afraid of because it's a natural part of being alive, of the universe. Um, and then she puts in a bunch of analogies of like the the wasp cr only being able to create the fig or the blue whale thing again or the entire birds. Like all of these things, I think, speak to the uh, reason for why things are the way they are is because things are the way they are. And there is not a scientific or under or logical answer to a lot of these things. Um, there may be like for the birds, maybe there's like some wind pattern or something. But the whole point is poetically there's not really an answer to this and that's okay and we have to accept that we can't um, i think from from a delivery perspective one of the really important things here was the passion of her voice the use of pausing um, there was a moment where she would like say something super super fast pause and then continue again to like put in a bunch of stuff audience internalizes it in that one to one and a half second that she pauses and she continues to move forward with the rest of the stuff she's saying and as she's doing that the inflection of her voice is increasing right um so like um, she's getting a little bit louder. She's getting a little bit softer. You can kind of almost feel as if maybe she's like crying in terms of just like how much raw emotion is there uh, in in trying to deliver this type of speech. So overall, I thought this was a really good public speech. It's a short speech, very poetic type of speech, and the larger purpose of it or meaning from it is extracted not through the explicit explanation of it, but rather through the um, indirect poetic explanation of it that the audience can take away and i really liked at the end how the cameras um she didn't like say thank you or anything like it just ended and then it went black and it's, it's kind of like she disappeared which is a really really awesome thing and if you can coordinate that with like the uh technical aspects of the people in charge of your speech that's also an amazing way to incorporate something beautiful into your presentation so yeah, I like this speech analysis. I hope you all did as well. Live, uh, give me a speech in the comments that you would like to see me review. Again, I'm picking my own speeches, but I would love to actually review speeches that you guys want to um, listen to and hear me analyze. And yeah, subscribe, please, because there's like 44 people um, on this channel. I would really appreciate it. Anyway, I'll see you guys in the next speech analysis. Bye.